This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 367, Love and Capes and Max. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 367, and this may be a first, as I am not feeling well, but I'm still here to do the show, and I have no idea how it's going to go, and I'm here with Gaz. Gaz, how are you? You're not sick, are you, Gaz? No, I'm not sick. Well, not as sick as you are. Well, you're probably <laughs> sick of me talking about being sick. Yeah, yeah and so will the listeners. The <laughs> before, the <show>. before we're <laughs> all done. That's right. <laughs> So what have you been doing this week then, Guy, other than being sick today? Uh, well, other than being sick today, I had – and this kind of ties in with our with our guest this week. Uh, I went to the Small Press Expo in uh, North, Bethes- North Bethesda, Maryland last week. Had a really, really great time. Got to see uh, Danielle, who I mentioned last week from um, – oh, God, what's wrong with me? I just blanked on her, on her webcomic. Uh, 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 girls with slingshots. I should, I should have that memorized with as many times as I talked about it. You should. You I should. Really and, should. And, and I also, I, I also got a, a chance. <laughs> I also got a chance to see uh, Jeff, and I believe his last name is pronounced Jocks. I have no idea if that's correct or not. From uh, questionable content, and this all ties together with our guest this week, guys. Does it? What do you mean we got a guest? We got we a have, guest. We have a guest. Somebody, somebody was actually insane enough. To agree to come onto the show. Oh dear, that's incredible! Absolutely incredible! I can't believe it. <laughs> I know, I know. But let's let's get right down to it. Uh, let's talk about the stuff from my Mac. Or let's wait. What did you have going on this week? Well, n- not a lot really. I've been contemplating my Max. <laughs> I've been contemplating. Oh, really? How, how do you contemplate your Max? <laughs> <laughs> Take me through well, this process. Mo- just contemplating moving forward. What I'm going to be doing, you know, because. Um, uh, Obviously, as the girls get older, right. uh, college is going to be coming up. And uh, one of the uh, the white MacBook, which if you remember, I put that SSD drive into it, which sure. has made it an absolutely superb little machine. It's still a white MacBook, but it's now a fast white MacBook, um, which has been updated to Lion, um, is a you know screaming little machine. Well, when I say little, it's got a 13-inch screen, so that's a beauty. But it seems to have, well, it seems to have moved into her bedroom. Oh, really? <laughs> On a permanent Oops. basis. How did that happen? <laughs> How did that happen? It's always there. <laughs> well, um, Dad, I don't know. <laughs> but I was I was wondering, actually, in my mind, whether I should perhaps get another white MacBook uh, and stick another SSD drive in there. And uh, then the younger one, who, you know, may also find one that just sits in a bedroom rather than, <laughs> you know, fighting over either the MacBook Air or the white MacBook, although there's not a lot of fighting goes on for it. <laughs> Um, and also just contemplating when I'm going to move the main machine to Lion because I still haven't moved to Lion. And do you know what? Other than the natural scrolling, I've got no inclination to at well, this point. Well, honestly, you know, I, I did it because I'm just stupid that way. Well, I did the other machines. I've got to say, yeah. you know, the, 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 the Mac Mini downstairs, which I mainly use as a media server, but I also use it for, you know, just get used for other stuff as well. But it's mainly the media server. I moved that and the, I moved the MacBook Air uh, and I moved the, the white MacBook. And the, 
they're running okay. I'm a little bit disappointed actually because I do get a few crashes with mail still uh, on the on the MacBook Air. So, and I'm hearing a few other people just complaining about you know the performance of Lion. So, I, th- I think they've missed the mark a little bit with this one. Well, I've you know I've got it on. I'm like, of course, obviously, I'm not using it right now because I'm recording the podcast and Apple, in their <laughs> infinite wisdom, decided to reroute the way audio is channeled through the operating system, which meant that the very first time we tried to do a podcast together while I was running Lion, it turned out to be nearly impossible. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for that all to get sorted out. But uh, I use Lion on, on this Mac Pro every day. And yep. I haven't really had any any major issues with it. No, now, well, I, I, I say, of course, I'm, it is a Mac I, Pro, so it's it's run, yeah. it's got a four core you know Xeon in it, so and eight gigs of RAM, so it's a happy machine. Well, I mean, the, the, the MacBook Air has got four gigs of RAM, so it's not as if uh, that's causing it a problem. Because I have heard you know a lot of people saying that it really needs you know you need more than two gigs to to run line, or you know supposedly you can run it with two gigs, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I am definitely. I am, that was. <laughs> did I did I mess you up? I, I couldn't find a mute. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast someone who is just as sick as I am, and and I, and I mean that in the the bacterial sense. Uh, Tom Z- Zoller or Zaler? Yeah, I'm sorry. I started choking on my water. I, <laughs> no, God, that's I okay. That's all right, Tom. We'll bring you in a little bit early. How's that? Okay. Fine. <coughs> See, I'm coughing too. <laughs> Dude, oh, you, you guys over there! I, think I know. You need some antibiotics, guys. You really do. Oh, uh, no! It's just you know, really the only thing you can do with a cold is just bed rest. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's finish this this line thing off. I am hearing yeah, a few ahead. people that, that are just you know not quite as impressed with uh, the first iteration it's come out. So let's hope that they get some improvements. I have heard that ten point seven point two has been seeded. So let's hope it's not just got some um, uh, iCloud improvements to it. Let's hope they've they've got some core functionality improvements as well. Well, I don't think we're going to see, and you know maybe this is just me. I don't think we'll see iCloud until the, the new iPhone comes out. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I think iPhone, uh, the the iOS five, iPhone five, and iCloud will all be you know packaged together in a, right. in when Tim comes out and says, and here's somebody else to do the presentation. <laughs> because <laughs> because it's not like Apple ever screws up like huge presentations <laughs> with everything all released at once. That just never happens. No, that never happens. <laughs> me, excuse me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> anyway, should, got something should we cut. Go th- should we go through the MyMac stuff? Yeah, why don't you go, why don't you start us off? Okay, the first one uh, on the website, or the first one from where we left off last week, of course, is a five iPad and iPad two books from Willie Wiley. <laughs> well, I prefer Wiley. Willie. You really I prefer I, Willie. Okay, well, I'm not going to even. You go say there. Wiley, I say Willie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, five that, iPad and iPad two books from Wiley. Uh, that's a review from Sam Negri. And that calling it calling it Willie can just take it in a whole direction that you don't want to go. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> Next up is a pocket-sized podcast from Scott Wilsey. GPS your iPhone five rumors. Haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Okay, but I the will. Next one. Sorry, go on. 
But I will. I will. I will be. I, I listen to all of Scott's podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop I do. Trying to get, stop trying to get in his good books. Um, the, next, <laughs> the next review is an, uh, an iPhone stroke iPad um, stroke iPod Touch application, and it is Soundhound, uh, and that's from Vicky Stokes. I think that's her first article. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. She uh, joined us on Facebook and then started writing. I put her in touch with uh, John Nemo, and now we have a new writer. Yay. Yay. And the next one is from uh, Rich Lefko. To USB 3 or not to USB 3? That is the question. You know, that sounds very familiar for some reason. It's a review. By Rich it's Lester. a review. Okay. And then there's uh, Tech Fan number 46 uh, with Tim. And actually, David's not on that particular. Is he um, still in Las Vegas? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, I think he's still away because we've got a tweet up coming up uh, this coming weekend in Liverpool. Uh, and he's complained to me saying, why do you have your tweet ups when I'm away? So I've been told <laughs> off even though I'm not organized it. <laughs> well, you, you're to blame. That's obvious. Yes, it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, next up, just losing my mind today. The Mac OS X Lion Project, sorry, OS 10 Lion Project Review Book Review from the Department of, De- of Redundancy Department. It's, it's by uh, Mark Greentree. And I, speaking of Mark, I was on his, uh, his podcast uh, last Friday. On my, cool. on my birthday, no less. I shall on your birthday. Not another Mac yes. podcast is what it's called. Yes, yeah, I shall look forward to hearing that one. Uh, and you've got to hold your hand out and okay. slap you and slap your other wrist because Ow. actually, um, <laughs> things that are wrong. Pocket side po- podcast number thirty three. So if you haven't listened to thirty two, well, at least two or three behind to, now. You've <laughs> got two to catch up on, and that's that's it on the website. And uh, let's see, we've got. Oh, you got to do this thing from uh, from Twitter. From David. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> David said, things I'd like to see Apple do. If you remember from last week, we came up with an article mm-hmm. which uh, uh, came up with all special projects which Apple could suddenly come up with. Well, from David, he says, <laughs> things I'd like Apple uh, to do. Got to put me, me uh, tonguing, my tongue in gear. Things I'd like to see Apple do. How about a soundboard filter for podcasts? There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Yeah. Well, I think that would work out really well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (coughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, Um, dear. We got some stuff from this podcast with free paracetamol, haven't we? (laughs) Yeah. We're going to send it out with aspirin and orange juice. Uh, we got some feedback from Facebook. Uh, we're up to 75 likes on our Facebook page, Gaz. Can you believe oh, that? Are we going for the 100 now? Oh, I think so. I think so. James Myers is our latest liker, and I, I said that very carefully, <laughs> on our Facebook page. And uh, Eric Diaz writes uh, something I, w- I was talking about, I think, on, on the last show. It's this guy, I was being sarcastic on the phone. You are pronouncing Magnetico well. Gaz is correct. Version only works with Apple apps for the moment. Microsoft said Office will work with this, but gave no date. Huge surprise. And speaking of Facebook, thank you. Facebook and Twitter. I mean, I, I got stuff from all over the place. Thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday. It's much, much appreciated. 
Uh, and from all of us, you're welcome, Guy. Yeah. And speaking of my birthday, <laughs> we got we got some audio feedback from Skype. Let's go for it. You know who it's from? Guess who it's from? I I can see. Oh, that's right. I put it in the show notes. <laughs> oh, well, that just spoils the surprise. Well, here here it is. Hey, guys, this is Eddie McGee, Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, I haven't called in a while, but I wanted to say to a to guy, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Mr. Guy. I like that. Happy birthday to you. You make sure Gaz gets a nice big present. <laughs> happy birthday. Bye-bye. Uh, Gaz's present to me is agreeing to come on to this podcast every week. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> he's, got, he's not got a bad voice, is he? No, he has a nice Well, you know, he was a DJ. Was he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For there years and years, he had his own uh, DJ business. I don't know if he still does it. So, Eddie, you'll have to call in and let us know if you still do it. Yep. Yep. That's, us, that's we- us sussing for more phone calls. That's right. <laughs> like, like we never do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, tech News of the Weird. I couldn't see anything this week, uh, Guy. I found absolutely nothing. How about you? I got nothing. It was a boring, yeah. boring yeah. tech week. You know, just yeah, just the usual lawsuits and and Apple suing everyone and yeah. everyone suing Apple. Yeah, the only stuff we could come up with tech news of the weird would, would be tongue-in-cheek. So we thought we'd leave it this week. Yep. So um, we already introduced Tom. Are you still there, Tom? Yeah. Okay, he hasn't bailed on us yet, Gaz. <laughs> he will do. He will do. <laughs> uh, he's gonna. He's. We're gonna go into uh, what Tom does and why we had him. Why we're having him on the show. And the hint, of course, is that I was talking about what was it? Web comics earlier. I've got yeah. no idea. I, I can't remember what you said in the last sentence. Never mind. A few minutes ago. About what? <laughs> so everyone, please. Please stand by to stand by. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll be right back. You think so, guys? Yeah. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to shoot you right down. Right off of your feet. Take you home with me. Put you in my house. Boom, 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 boom. News from the MyMac family of podcasts. Tech Fan, hosted by Tim Robertson and me, David Cohen. If it moves air and it keeps you cool, then this is the podcast for you. We cover ceiling fans, desk fans, swamp coolers and air conditioners. If it's to do about air displacement and you want to geek out on that, then this is right up your street. Hello? Oh, hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm just recording a trailer for the new podcast. What do you mean you've reconsidered the concept? What, you don't want to cover fans anymore? Technology? Well, I suppose, yeah, we know a bit about it. Well, you've been doing it for 20 years or so, haven't you? You want to geek out on technology instead? Well, how are we going to change the name of the show, then? Oh, I see. Fans of technology. Okay, I guess that'll work. You're the boss. Okay, catch you later. Tech fan. It's not about fans, but it is about tech. So long. I've got the music, but I just ain't got the song. Oh, I feel so dead inside. I count to ten. Spe- 
spanning time, space, and the universe, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. And guess what? We're all still here. Even Tom is still <laughs> here. I can't believe it. We've had a short break and uh, had a little bit of chat. And Tom and Guy have been talking about some TV programs. I've got no idea what they're talking about. Um, so I just sat back and listened to, to all the fun and frivolity they were having. Is that, is that how that works? <laughs> well, I enjoyed the soundboard bit. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were talking about a show that only had six episodes. I figured with British TV seasons, that'd be right up your yeah, alley. Yeah, that would be but. like, that's that's kind of the way most British shows go. Unless <laughs> yeah, it's Midsummer t- Murders, in which case, oh, never mind. <laughs> yes. Let's not go into that again. Please. Okay, please. Uh, we are here. We are here with, with Thomas Zoller. Did I say that right? Tell me I yeah. said that. Okay, yep. thank God. And he is the writer, creator, and artist for a webcomic strip called Love and Capes, which can be found at http www.loveand, and that's A-N-D, capes.com. Now, you've had this going on for quite some time, haven't you? Yeah, it's been about five, maybe six years now. I kind of lose lose track every once in a while. I started it. I started it a year before the first published issue came out. So that's that always throws off my count. Well, does that does that help you as far as? Because I I know uh, in the, in the old publishing world when people when people used to do cartoons for newspapers that they had to be kind of like six weeks ahead. Yeah, for the most part, I need to be about three months ahead. It depends what I'm, where I'm working. When I was self-publishing the book, because while the book is on the website and it functions as a webcomic, it actually is a print book first, right? and then it goes up on the website. So right now, the stuff that's appearing on the website is from issue 11 of the original series, and I've actually gone about seven issues past that point. So the idea <laughs> okay. is that you will read it online, get hooked, and then not be able to wait and buy the extra issues. Ah. Um, but now the book is being published by IDW, and they want the book to be monthly, which is fine, except I can't keep a monthly pace because I do the entire book myself right. and still take other clients during the day. So I have to work way in advance on that one. Um, at this point, Love and Capes kind of hits its own timeline. So I'm I'm not trying to tie in with individual seasons. When I first started, I did a Valentine's Day issue. I did a Christmas issue. You know, I was hitting all the holidays. But at this point, um, especially because of events that have happened in the book, and the next series has to take place the day after the a certain the event. Last series, yes, the day after the the big reveal at the end of the last series. Right. Yeah. You know, when it comes out, it's going to come out, and it's going to be the next month of whatever month it was. So, well, what made you decide to do? Because this is—it's it, not really a a parody of superheroes, but it is. It you you're taking superheroes in kind of a different direction than most comic book uh, storylines go. It, it's yeah. more about it, it's almost more about their relationship than it is about him being a superhero. Oh yeah, it's very much about the relationship. It's kind of patterned on a sitcom structure where, you know, on something like Friends where Ross was a paleontologist, but you never really saw him paleontologize. That the, <laughs> is that a word? It is now. It, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, we, there are a lot you of learn something new every day on this show. You very rarely see them go to them. 
or you see them go to them and they come back, but the, the story is not about the job. The story is about what they do in the off hours. Right. Uh, and that's kind of the same thing with love and capes where I wanted to focus on all the stuff that happens when you're in a relationship with a superhero. Now I'm, I'm playing with archetype characters. So the main character is very much a Superman type character. There's a Batman type character. There's a Wonder Woman type character. Um, but the superhero stuff is played straight. So yeah. it's not like the tick where and I'm I'm not denigrating the tick I love the tick but no, the, me too. the the threats they face are real threats it's um it's kind of like Barney Miller was as far as being cop was where lots of funny things happened but they were real cops yes so you've got you've got the crusader mm-hmm. and you have um uh his name is Mark and uh the the girl's name oh we're Abby she's Abby, Abby. She has her sister that lives, or at least was, as far as the the online stuff. She's living in Paris. The, the right. sister she's going is, to college. and they're just getting ready to have uh, a, a a certain event occur. I don't want to. I don't want to give away too much. And yeah, but, at the well, same the, time, she and now I'm talking about Abby just went through this thing online where she wanted to find out what it was like to be a superhero. Yes. Um, she managed to get herself superpowers to see what it was like for – because they're engaged at this point in the strip. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a relationship story. That's probably not a spoiler. No. Um, she wanted to know very much what it was like to be like Mark, and she finds a way to get superpowers temporarily. And that that story came out for Free Comic Book Day a couple of years ago, and it was one of the harder stories that I've written. Because it was the first time I did a very special episode of Love and Capes. A very because, special episode yeah. of Love and Capes. It was I keep, I keep telling people it's like that episode of Family Ties where Alex's best friend dies and it's like a one-act play for an hour. Yeah. Um, it, it was the one where I knew the ending was a little bit of a downer. And it was the first time I was going to try to pull that off in the book. And I, the comments I got on it really made me think that I... I probably got as close to what was in my head as possible. No, I thought, I thought, you know, overall the story, I mean, you just hit it out of the park. I thought that was a great story. I, I, part of the problem with, and anyone who's listening to this, if you know anything about this book, you can go to the website and order the comics and you can order the collections and you can have them delivered to your house. You can get them in comic book stores. You don't have to wait until Tom puts them on the website to find out what's going to happen next. But yeah, you can you can mainline those if you want. <laughs> but the the stories the stories are fun. The characters are great. I I love the Batman like guy. And oh, Darkblade. Darkblade. Yeah, he is yeah. a lot of fun to write. And because you, you when you think about like a character like Batman, and then you look at Darkblade, and it's like, well, it's it's really just this little tiny mask. It's not like the the big head thing with the ears and, and all the rest of it. But he's, he's definitely a Batman like character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the flash character is, is brilliant. I, God, what's his name? Help me. Oh, here. blur streak, blur streak. I love his uniform too. And, and he's such a clown. Yeah. He's, he's very much like the younger member of the group. And when I start putting dark blade and blur streak together, dark blades origin is kind of, um, it's a little bit similar to the shadow, the movie with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Where as, as a younger guy, he was just this big Jude law type party screw up with a really rich father. And the father 
hire, he's so bad that his father hires a group of warrior monks to kidnap him and beat some sense into him. And they beat so much sense into him that he starts running the joint and becomes the next Dark Blade. Um, and, you know, becomes the greatest deductive mind of, of his generation. And he sees a lot of his younger self in Blur Streak, so the two of them don't always get along. He's it, it, very much <laughs> like surprised. older brother, you know, you're such a screw up, I, you know, yeah. because he was there where he was. Well, what made you decide to do a strip like this? Uh, a couple different things. Um, years ago, there was a show on Bravo called Situation Comedy. It was like Project Greenlight for, um, for sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a spec script for it, which did not get picked up in any way. But I had such fun doing it that I said, I want to find a way to write this kind of thing as a comic book. And I just had that chocolate and peanut butter moment where I said, you know, I love, you know, I just, comics are known best for superheroes these days. And I know, knew it would be saleable and I knew it was, I love superheroes and I wanted to do that. And just pairing that with the romantic comedy aspect, once I came up with that idea, it just all started flowing together. Yeah, well, it, it's a real different take on, on what you typically see with you know the the cape and cowl crowd. Um, now you're you're a Mac user, and you've been a long time Mac user. Oh yeah, yeah, long time. So, remember, is this comic done like completely digitally, or do you start off with uh, pen and pencil and then scan it in and all that? Oh, I do pen and pencil, brush and scan in. Um, it's done, for lack of a better term, in an animated series style, where I'm re- I'll design background sets mm-hmm. the way that you would do with an animated cartoon, so I'll reuse a lot of those. The more I've gotten into the book, the more complicated the backgrounds have gotten. Sure. So there are things like the, there's an exterior for the bookstore, and when I redesigned it, like in issue four or five, I made it so that I can put Christmas lights on it. I can change what season it is. I can change what time of day it is so that I can, I can keep using that set and I don't have to redraw it. It's one of the ways that, um, for those of you who don't know, trying to do a 24-page full-color comic and do the entire book yourself is a daunting task to do even you know, every two months, every three months. Um, so it's one of the ways that I'm able to keep the pace up is that I don't have to do everything from scratch on every page. So I, uh, I actually work on marker paper. And then I scan things in and lay the colors in in Photoshop with my uh, my Intuos tablet, and then uh, composite everything together. Take it into Illustrator, put the word balloons in, and kind of go from there. Well, what happens when like, have you ever made a mistake and then had to no. almost like start over, or do you just like if you have like a large uh, word bubble, you just shrink the characters down and make the word bubble a little bit bigger. You know that uh, if you well, you've seen the strip. One of the reasons that the uh, the word balloons are transparent is because when I did my demo piece, the the one that I was doing for me to show that that I could make this work, I didn't leave enough room for copy, which is horrible because I started out lettering comics, and uh, I I made the transparent word balloons <coughs> cover up the artwork. So. Uh, other than doing Love and Capes, have you worked with uh, any of the big three, Marvel, DC, Image? I have worked with Marvel briefly. I lettered Crimson Dynamo for them as part of their epic line that they did in 2004. Oh, yeah. Um, which uh, Crimson Dynamo is the essentially the Russian Iron Man. And then uh, I've done some production work, um, a little bit of lettering stuff for Image. In fact, uh, there was a while that they were publishing Motown Records comics. Motown Records had a comic company, and I was doing <laughs> really? all the lettering for them. 
I hadn't. I collect comic books, and I hadn't even hadn't even heard heard of that. That was that was after the Milestone era. It was probably. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew Milestone. Yeah, we actually like had Dwayne. We had Dwayne McDuffie. We had Dwayne McDuffie on the podcast. Some oh, did you? Ago. Dwayne, oh, yeah. Dwayne was a good friend of mine. Oh, what a great guy! Yeah. Oh, so sad to, to hear that he, that he was gone. Oh yeah, it came out of nowhere. It was, yeah. So well, let's let's not let's not go out on a downer. Uh, yeah. Gaz, are you still there? I am. I am. <laughs> I was just I was just going to ask actually, how easy are these uh, to get hold of outside of the U.S.? Uh, I don't believe there are any. Uh, the, sorry, the trade paperback should be available on Amazon UK without any problems. The trades collect six issues at a pop. Uh, f- the first two trades are out now. The third trade actually comes out next week. Um, and I also fill international orders on my website. Right. For so the individual I'll, I'll books? I'll them out right from here. I'm sorry, what was that? For the individual books or the collections? For the individual books and the trades. I've got, I've got all that stuff here. And now you also do you you do a number of shows. You go to a, like comic book shows and things like that. Oh, I do an insane number of shows. Now this I, year, at least. I've, I've always wondered how that works. Do do the people that organize the show pay you guys to show up, or do you have to pay for all your own expenses and then hope you sell enough stuff to make it worth your while? Or, or how does that work? It depends on the show. Um, for stuff like San Diego, for the New York Comic Con, that I have to I have to buy my booth space and pay all my expenses. Right. There's smaller shows that will bring me out, and there's a middle ground where they will they won't bring me out, but they'll provide me space in Artist Alley. Uh, and I'm trying to get to the point where it's always free table space or above where they bring me out to a show. Right. So, but then I sell, you know, I sell the books, I do commissions, you know, sketches while I'm there. And it's actually, over the last five years, it's changed from being advertising to, for the most part, being a revenue stream. Um, San Diego is kind of the one that you do because you have to do San Diego. It's right. it's the big one. So if you're not there, you feel like you're not part of the industry. That one, I'm happy if I can break even on the table. But Because uh, there's so, so much competition? Well, because there's so much competition and because it's so expensive to do, um, you know, your, your table space is, is one amount of money. Plus you got to ship out your books. Plus you got to spend the money for the hotel and just trying to cover that amount of money is, it's going to be very difficult to do, especially selling retail. If I had a lot more original art, if, you know, if I got to the point where I was in that Adam Hughes category where I could charge and, you know, great amounts of money for, for my sketches, I might be able to make it work, but I can't, I can't do it at the level I'm doing. So I'm happy to do break even because I think I tend to think that one is more advertising than anything else. Um, but I just did a, I just did three shows back to back to back, which, is completely, completely insane, and I'll be doing it again next month. Um, Where are you going to be at? I am going to be, well, I'm going to be in Cincinnati this weekend, a uh, one-day show called Cincinnati Comic Expo. I'll be in Detroit the weekend after that for Detroit Fanfare, and then I'm taking a week off. And then I do the three shows back-to-back, which are, I think they're in this order, but don't hold me to it. It's uh, New York Comic Con, Mid-Ohio Con, and Long Beach Comic Con in L.A. Now, except for the ones that are all the way out in the West Coast. Now, you live in Ohio. Yes. Uh, are you able to drive to most of these, or do you have to yes. use some kind of you know other transportation? Uh, no, I actually drive to them all. Um, I, I didn't drive to Atlanta when I did Dragon Con, because the three shows I did uh, this past month were Baltimore Comic Con, where I was up for a Harvey Award and lost. Oh, uh, sorry to hear that. 
it's all right. I, I lost to Roger Landridge, who did the Muppets. I was, you know, it was an honor just to be nominated. Um, plus, I got um, there are these glasses called Tune Tumblers, and I do a lot of the design work for them. And I got to design a Stan Lee glass, and oh, Stan really? was a guest at the show, so I got to talk to him about the glass. I had someone posted this great photo because my mom came out. I was up for this award of my mom meeting Stan Lee, and and it was love at first sight. Well, no, no, my dad is an awesome guy, and, oh, and okay. Stan is phenomenal, but uh, <coughs> probably made the right choice. Um, but the, it's just one of those moments that you, you never think that your parents are going to meet Stan Lee. I mean, you just never, you never consider that, and you watch it happen, and it's just this incredibly surreal moment where Stan is saying, you know, your son is a talented artist. He came as close as anyone could to capturing how handsome I am. And just, <laughs> it's just insane. Um, so I did that one. I did uh, I did the Toronto fan, fan Expo in Toronto, which was great. And then I flew down to Atlanta for Dragon Con, which was actually was the best show I've done. Financially, it was the best show I've done this year, which surprised me. It's it's a great time. It's a great show, but I I was not prepared for the level of interest that I found there. So Love and Capes is like your whole gig at this point. For, um, for the most I do part. a lot of freelance work. Um, and how would people it. how would people get a hold of you to commission commission you to, to do something for them? Um, the Love and Cape site will point you here, but there I have a website um, which is tomz dot com t h o m z dot com, and that's my main illustration site. Uh, I've done work for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I used to draw slider for them. Their their mascot. Um, years ago I did, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a Prilosec commercial with a really irritating couple in a giant purple Winnebago talking about heartburn. Um, I designed the bus that was in all the commercials <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things, I do a lot of career days and you always get parents who come up and say, Oh, can you actually make a living at it? Because when people think of cartoonists, they think that either you do comic strips, you do comic books or you work for Disney. And that's a lot of what cartooning is but it's not everything because you know you start pointing out you know everything that's in the cereal aisle has a cartoon on it and, sure you know there are a lot of places where cartoonists work that you know i've done tons of jobs that pay really well that nobody except the people who are in that room that that was being shown have seen it so the the prilosec job was was huge and it's the kind of thing that you know you never think of when you think you're going to go into cartooning is oh, i'm i'm going to draw caricatures of people on a giant purple bus uh, <laughs> that that have heartburn yeah, it, what was really weird is uh, I was in Chicago, and one of their mass transit buses was wrapped w- to look like the Prilosec bus. So all of a sudden, uh, me and this friend of mine are driving, and I look to my left, and there's a my artwork like 20 feet tall next to me, and it's just insane. And it's really hard to find a brush big enough to do that. You know, I don't. I don't always like the way my stuff looks when it's close up. You know, seeing, seeing it that big is like, oh yeah, yeah. Should have should have done something a little different there. Well, so, so, so Thomas, are you thinking about going uh, electronic with any of your comics uh, in the future at all? I've thought so about can- for some of my illustration work because there is less of an original art market for things like that. Um, I would like to get a Cintiq. I would like, well, in my perfect world, Apple and. Uh, Wacom get together and make a Cintiq iPad. I know that won't happen, but that's what happens in my dream world. Um, I want. I'm actually kind of waiting to see. That actually ties nicely into an article we had last week. So yeah, that that's good. I like that. We throw that one back out there. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the kind of thing that I would pay extra for. That 
I, I've used this antique. I did a thing called 24 hour comic book day last year. And the, the idea is that you do a 24 page comic in 24 hours, which roughly speaking is, you know, 24 times faster than I normally work. And, uh, I set up at a mall and had a big screen TV set up and worked on this antique, drew it digitally so people could see the process. It was like working in a fishbowl and I worked through the night and I loved working on that thing, but it was, I, one of the things that keeps me from buying one is that it's as expensive as buying a computer, yeah. but it's not a computer. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a tablet. And I want yeah. to, you know, in my head, I want it to I either want it to be a computer that I can use as a tablet or I want it to be a tablet price. And and if you're enjoying the process that you've got and you're quite happy with the process you've got in the moment, why, why change, of course? Yeah. yeah. Especially if it, you're productive. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, the other thing I'm holding out for is I want to see um, Wacom do a ta- – because they just talked about their new – the Cintiq HD, which, which I'll admit is pretty tempting. But I, wanted to, I want a Thunderbolt one because then when I upgrade yeah. my computer, I can run all three monitors at the same time. So what are you running at the moment? What's your computer at the moment? Uh, right now I've got a Mac Pro that's about four years old. Yeah, um, probably the same one I have. Yeah, the big cheese cheese grater look. Yeah, uh, I've got uh, dual monitors on it, um, which I I can't live without, and uh, got the Cintiq and a Drobo attached to it, and a couple other hard drives. And um, one of the things I'm looking forward to is I've I finally made the decision to buy an iPad. I I've been holding off for a while because as cool as they are, I couldn't figure out a reason why I needed one, <laughs> and you know. I'm not saying I wouldn't use it, but you know, like when I bought the iPhone, I knew that oh, well, you're going to check your email on it when you're at conventions. You're going to use the camera, you're going to use the maps, you're, you know, right. GPS, you know this, everything else. Yeah, yeah. I I could justify the expense because I knew I was going to use the heck out of it. The iPad, I was like, well, it'd be really cool, but I I couldn't figure out what I needed it for. And um, the things that have have drawn me over to it is one, I can use it to pull up all my reference photos at my desk as opposed to having to print out hard copy. I will. There's an application where it can be another screen for you. Yep. And I want to use that on my laptop because that makes me a lot more mobile. When I'm working in Photoshop, you know, it, it, I'm sure you guys have worked in Photoshop and it's 16, 17 different palettes that fill up your screen, which right. when you're on a smaller monitor is. So, so if I can if I can have the iPad hold all my palettes and then draw color on the on the laptop, then I become a lot more mobile when I'm at shows. Have you have you considered or has anyone approached you about doing like an animated version of Love and Capes? I've I've had a couple people talk about it. We've done a demo reel of it. Honestly, the way I I see it as a live action sitcom. Um because I, I've got this prejudice that animated series don't do earnest really well. Animated movies can. Pixar knocks it out of the park on a regular basis. But animated cartoons like the simpsons or venture brothers any of the ones that are really successful family guy they all have an edge to them and i don't think that that the earnestness of the love and case relationship would translate as well i don't think i don't think people would be ready for that or accept it as well or maybe they would be looking for more superhero stuff as compared to what the strip is actually about yeah. Whereas if you did it live action, most of the superhero stuff takes place off camera. So, you know, your special effects budget is really low. Um, Lois and Clark was at a TV show with Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher. Sure. And honestly, I think Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher, the two of them together had such chemistry. I would have watched the two of them trapped in an elevator and thought it was a great episode. It was <laughs> when, 
it was when they decided to have him do superhero stuff that the budget really showed and they had really lame villains and they, you know, that was the stuff that where it fell apart. So TV can do, you know, one camera sitcom relationship comedies pretty well, but you know, whether or not they do superhero stuff well is they're getting better at it. Um, but it'd be nice to focus on the part that they do really well. Okay, is there is there anything else that you'd like to tell our audience about you or about your or about Love and Capes? Oh, I'm awesome. They should know that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I told you my convention schedule. So that's important. The third trade is coming out, uh, which books, can be found oh, on Amazon. Can be found on Amazon. Um, I don't care where you buy it. Sometimes I get that question. You know, is it better to buy for you through you? Is it better to buy from Amazon? It's all if you good. buy it through a store, my sales numbers goes up. If you buy it through me, I make a little bit of more money because I don't have to split. But honestly, whatever it takes to get it in your hands is fine with me because I'm going to win no matter what. So I, whatever whatever works out better for you to buy the book, it's worth trying out. Um, every book, is, aside from issue eight, is self-contained. So you don't have to worry about uh, getting caught Continue in the middle of a long story. Yeah, exactly. And every, <laughs> every trade is – I. I write in six issue arcs like a you know like a British TV series. So every every trade is a pretty solid collection of of stuff. I've just got a, a bit of a grin on my face because I've, I've, I have looked for it actually in the Amazon UK dot co dot UK website and it, it's certainly there um, available. Um, but what's really funny is underneath the um, icon for the first series, um, it says, "Tell the publisher I'd like to read this book on Kindle." And I'm just thinking, I thought the Kindle really was you know a book rather than a comic reading device. So yeah, I- the they they haven't quite sussed that one out, have they? No, I I have a Kindle and love it, but you know I like it for black. It's a single use device. I like it for yeah. black and white text. Yeah. I, yeah. In fact, thinking about that, would you, would you think about having this available in another format for you know the likes of the iPad? It is available for the iPad. It ah. is. Yeah, you know I keep forgetting that. Um, IDW is my publisher now, and they. Uh, have managed digital content. So you can go through IDW, I think through Comixology, I know through Graphic.ly, uh, and buy issues that way. So there Excellent. is a Love and Capes app, or is it ID, an ID? It's in a, the IDW app. Ah, okay. Cool. IDW app. I have to write all this stuff down, Tom, or I will forget. <laughs> so are, you want to hang out for the, uh, for the third segment, Tom? Yeah, yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Um, we are running just a little bit long, but this is, I, I love doing interviews and, and comics. I, I've been a comic book collector since probably, uh, early to mid seventies. So anytime I get a chance to talk about this stuff, I just get all geeked out. <laughs> so in the meantime, everyone, Gaz, take us out. Yeah, everyone stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. Now, I wonder how you'd spell that in a comic book. <laughs> Flying through the cold of space It seems I've yet to find my place I'm guarding 2814 I don't know why it's chosen me But from the corner of my eye I catch a glimpse of evil light The fear tries to swallow Celebrate Apple's iOS, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and Apple TV with us on the Pocket Size Podcast from MyMac.com with your hosts, Scott and Peter, Great reviews from John Nemirovsky of MyMac.com, 
and segments and contributions from many of the other fine writers of MyMac.com. It's hard to believe so much excitement can fit in your pocket, but it can. Please find us at MyMac.com or in iTunes. Just search for Pocket Size Podcast. You'll be proud to tell your friends that you have us in your pocket. Like an 80-year-old man jogging on a nudist beach. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the third segment of the MyMac.com podcast. We still have Tom with us. Hey. And even though it's getting late, we still have Gaz with us. <laughs> so uh, we only have one topic to talk about tonight, and that is Apple scaring PC makers from making large quantities of their thin ultrabooks that are kind of meant to compete with the MacBook Air. And when I saw this, and this was an article I saw in Digitimes and TechCrunch, that the that the initial run for a lot of these companies is going to be under fifty thousand dollars, and and I was wondering if if is this because fifty thousand dollars or fifty thousand in quantity? Fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Oh my god, <laughs> fifty thousand total made. Yeah, total units in production. And I was wondering if is this because of the supply cost with Apple having already locked up the supply chain, or is it because PC makers are so unsure of themselves when competing against Apple? that they're afraid to make too much of a commitment. What do you think, Gaz? Wow. Um, I, I just find the comparison a non-entity, to be perfectly honest with you, and it's almost they're writing the story because they, they, you know. Want I, I something to talk see, about. I always, see, I always see highlights and click-throughs going on in my mind when, when people do stuff like this. But to be perfectly honest with you, Apple have taken a march over the past number of years on a lot of people i mean they first they've taken a march on absolutely everybody with the ipad i mean how how long have we been you know have we heard the likes of microsoft and some of the other companies talking about you know the touch screens and these right. tablets when they come out and nothing ever came out and so apple well no they well they, they put stuff out but nobody yeah, but buys no, it no, no let's be honest guy they didn't put anything out let's be honest every you know there was stuff out there but it was crap. It yeah. was rubbish. It just didn't work. So, you know, um, Apple have not invented anything particularly new uh, with the iPad, but they already had an ecosphere in, in place, you know, with the iPhone, right. with the iPod Touch. People knew how to use it. The iPad came along. There, it's out of the park. Now, I remember when the first MacBook Air came out, and I, I still remember watching the image when it came out and thinking, wow. Not only because of how light they were telling you it was, not only because of how thin it was, but it looked a beautiful machine. And they've continued that. They've improved upon it. You know, I've actually got as a pick in my... Um, and this was is without. Uh, 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 save it, save it. I I've got a pick it uh, which is, is not connected with here. I didn't realise you know we were going to be talking about this, and it it, it just. That Apple have got it sewn up. Now, the fact that these companies are supposedly not coming out more than 50,000 uh, units at a time, I think probably is partly to do with Apple's supply chain and partly to do with the fact that it, they'll probably change the design after 50,000. Well, you mean the other PC makers? Yeah. 
Yeah, whereas Apple, they commit to a design. It comes out, and you know it's going to be a longer-term design. For at they least a year, yeah. At least a year. Yeah, yes, but when you look at the style of the MacBook, the MacBook Airs, if you look at the first MacBook Air and the current 13-inch MacBook Air, you know, yes, those amongst us who know the differences will be able to tell the differences. But generally, you've got a very similar design scope, and that's that's where they're really good. Yeah. Um, now these other companies will come out and you know, you know full well that their design is going to change six months down the line. If that long. So I wonder whether it's a little bit of that being kicked in as well. Um, I, I, I don't think they're afraid. I, I just don't think they're consistent enough. Well, what do you think, Tom? Well, I think Apple is really good at creating the market for the thing you didn't know you had to, couldn't live without. Um, they did it with the iPhone where nobody had made a, you know, like, like Gaz said, the, the technology itself wasn't revolutionary. It was how well everything worked together and how much it could do. You know, they, they created the first really upgradable phone, which I thought was, was pretty revolutionary where you didn't have to necessarily replace the hardware, you know, every year when your contract was up. That that was a real biggie. That was a real biggie, I think. And, and with the iPad, you know, they created something that, I don't think people, you know, people have talked about tablet computers, but nobody had executed it so well that people started figuring out how it would work in their day. And I, the same way, I think that the MacBook Air hits a niche. Now, I'm not the niche it hits. I, I well, you have a different use case, though. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I'm, I can look outside myself enough to realize the MacBook Air is probably great for people for whom it's great, but it's not me, so I have a hard time relating to it. Um, because I need to have an actual hard drive and, and be able to do a little more than, than what the MacBook Air would do. But I think Apple you know, defined an entirely new class of computer when they did the MacBook Air, and other companies don't have that singular marketing focus to be able to yep. develop that. So when they start copying it, I think you know, they take tentative steps because they're not necessarily sure that it's going to work. I mean, how many people came out with MP3 players before the iPod and even after the iPod? And I'm sure that there are MP3 players that are still being made that aren't iPods. I don't know what they are. But <laughs> at a does. certain point, it's, you know, when, you, when Apple has a kind of dominance, why would you make a lot? You need to, you need to test the market before you start, you know, trying to, trying to compete on the same level with them. Well, part of the problem that I think so many of these other companies have, uh, if you look at... Well, we can start with with the iPod, as you were saying. Uh, There were MP3 players before the iPod, and after the iPod started, because when it first came out, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was $500 for for five gigabytes of storage. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't long before, you know, they perfected that design relatively quickly, and all of a sudden, that was the only thing everybody wanted. Everybody wanted an iPod. Well, and they also, you know, they debuted the iTunes store at the same time. Exactly. And that was huge. They, I had burned MP3s to listen to on my computer from when I was flying places, but it was never convenient. And and Apple just made it such an easy process that it, that was the device yeah. you wanted to use. Moving stuff in, moving stuff off. Mm-hmm. So now we get into what's going on with the iPhone. And with the Android, I mean, basically, the the only real competitor right now to the iPhone is Android phones. But I think that a lot of the people that make Android phones are so unsure 
of what it is they're putting out that they just throw out four or five or six different designs against the wall to see what sticks. And the only problem with that approach as a consumer is if you make the wrong choice, especially if you're under contract, then you're stuck with a phone for a year or two or, or you're having to pay a hefty penalty because with – now, this isn't so much true in uh, in Europe, but here in the United States, if you sign up to get a free phone or a low-cost phone for a one- or two-year contract, if you try to break that contract, there's especially – there's you know an, an especially high fee to get out of it because they want to get their money back on that phone. Well, you've got you've got the same <laughs> the similar you've got similar things going on over here as well. When you know if you try and break your contract, but that, it it just it just strikes me as it's just not a very good way to go. And Apple Apple did that to start off with, and I I was always one to say you know sell it um, unlocked, just sell the phone and. I mean, they they sell hundreds of thousands of these phones unlocked, um, and it must have amazed them when they, you know, because of the high price, yeah. just how willing people were to pay to get the phone. And the 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 backbone to that though, guy, is you've got to make sure you've got good good coverage. And in Europe, you know, you can get a, a, a contract, you can get a SIM from anybody and put it, you know, well, almost anybody, and put it into in into your iPhone and and, and run it. Um, yeah, well, as long as long as I, I they're on the whole, G, G, GSM, a GSM yeah, well, network. That, yeah, well, the whole the whole process I think has changed slightly. I mean, it was it was difficult to get a you know talk time, text, and data contract, but now you know they're ten a penny, and you know I'm looking at the my ISP, um, and because I use them, they also offer current customers pretty good deals for data. You know talk time and, and text coverage and you know i i should be moving over i've not you know i've not got an iphone no um, um but i'm i'm most likely to get one of course unless they come out with a 3g ipod touch <laughs> <laughs> but, let's, but let's not go down that yeah well, we'll yeah, save that save that for another day <laughs> so yeah you know so now we have we have all of these uh, ultra thin notebook computers that are coming out similar in size to the MacBook Airs with an 11, you know, 10 to 13 inch screen. And they're not making many of them. And I think it's, it's mostly because that they're completely unsure themselves on how well they're going to sell against somebody like Apple with the MacBook Air. And it's, they're so, and this is part of the problem with the electronics industry in general is that they're so hesitant to stand by their own products. No, 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 I I think, I don't think this is competing against the MacBook Air because you, the people that sell these sell them generally with Windows on them. Yeah. So the, the, those people are not going to decide MacBook Air or this other product because they're two completely different products when you've got Windows or um, OS ten on there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that they I, – I think the problem is – they can't do it right. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm just, hearing most of them are. It's like almost all plastic, correct. compared to that's, the MacBook Air, which is like now. This is this is where Apple have got the advantage of they've got a premium product. In air quotes, there yeah. they've got a premium product that they can go out and say this is a premium product and it works. And those MacBook Airs do work. And you're dead right. If they try and come out and make it a cheap 
MacBook Air equivalent, even though they may not be competing against the MacBook Air, they can't do it right because the user picks it up and says, great, it's light. They open up the lid and they think, crikey, this is going to fall, fall to bits in about 10 minutes. Which is and, probably what's going to happen. So which you is, can buy a new well, one the next year. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can with the price they're going to be, but, you know, why would you want to do that each time? And that's, I think that's where Apple have got it right. They've said, you know, if, if we're going to do something like this, and this is what they do with a lot of their products, if we're going to do something, let's do it right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing along those lines is, uh, and I think we talked about this on the podcast, of all computers that cost over $1,000, Apple has like 90% of that market. So nine out of ten computers that cost over a thousand dollars are sold by Apple. I mean, they are a, a premium maker of personal computers. Yeah, um, the, and the thing is, the, the the thing that people just don't get on that is, um, it's like buying a BMW or buying a Skoda because you resell <laughs> value, you, you resell value of that product as well. You know, the longevity of the product and the resale value of that product is just far and away. It's a completely different ball game. Well, and there, you know, there are people who want to mess around with the kit. They want to be able yep. to do anything they can with it. And but there's a huge audience that Apple manages to target. You know, people like me who I remember having this discussion with a buddy of mine who he was telling me in great detail how difficult it was to hook up his printer to his computer. And it was like a 15 minute story about his entire afternoon. And th- you know, this was back when Apple had the the printer port. And I said, I took the printer cable, put it in the printer, I put it in the, put it in the computer, and then I printed because I'm willing to pay a little more because my time – I would rather spend my time making artwork than you know, doing hand-to-hand combat with my computer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Apple has targeted that to the point where you know, the iPhone won't do everything. But what it does, it does, it does really, really well and, and pretty seamlessly. So I'll, I'll lose a little bit of flexibility not being able to create my own program and run it on the iPhone. But on the other hand, the programs that they run are pretty rock solid. Yeah. And not to mention the huge number of apps that are there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's oh, start. that was a nice segue, Guy. Oh, yeah, where I just said, okay. <laughs> no. All of the apps. <laughs> yeah, all the apps. Speaking yeah. of apps. <laughs> well, it was almost a nice segue. It was all, uh, yeah, well, I Oh, I, that was seamless. No, seamless. no, not Aaron really. Aaron Sorkin could have written that one better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who would you get to act in it? Um, let's, start, let's start with you, Tom. Uh, now, you actually have two apps here to talk about. I have two apps. I have, a, I have an OS app and I have an iPhone app. Uh, the OS app I have is called Aloft. And this is a, a pretty much a one-use uh, program, but what it does is you can take Wait, a window. Wait, isn't that called a float? It's called a float. Did I say it was something else? Yeah, you said a loft. Oh, see, no, I'm <laughs> Okay, you had me confused. It was like, oh, God, there's a third app. <laughs> um, yes, what it does is it keeps one window afloat above everything else on your, on your monitor. Uh, the reason I find this really useful is because, one, there are times where I'm working on a text document and I've got to keep referring back to it. And meanwhile, I'm jumping into Illustrator or Dreamweaver or you know, some other program to do the work, but I have to keep referring back to that text document. That will let me keep that window open. And no matter what else I do, it will always be on that monitor on the top level and I'll be able to see it. 
also, as I'm working late into the night, every once in a while I'll decide to watch something on TV, you know, on the, on the websites that will allow you to watch their shows. Right. And I can then set that window to be topmost so that no matter, you know, once I jump into Photoshop, it doesn't bury itself behind a palette. It will be on the top level of my monitor, and I'll always be able to see the program that I'm watching no matter what else I'm doing. And how much does that cost? It is free. Oh, my God. I like free. And what's your, what's, have, your, what's, your second one? what's your second one? Tom? My second one, the second one is is really specific, but it's you know like Apple. If if you're the kind of person who wants this kind of product, it's going to do great for you. Uh, since I do an insane number of conventions a year, and I'm Catholic, uh, one of the issues I have is finding mass times and finding where the closest church is and and when they are. But there's actually a Catholic directory app for your iPhone. It will use your GPS. So, like this past weekend when I was in L.A., I, I clicked it. I found out where the closest church was, found out when the mass time was, you know, did my Catholic duty, and then went about <laughs> my day. But it, it's just so convenient. It's the kind of thing that, you know, for as much travel as I do, it, it takes that – back when I was doing conventions, what, years well, ago when I was doing conventions, not back when because I still do those. Uh, I would have to try to find out where the closest church was to wherever I was going. And you don't know the city, so you don't know how close it is or where it is in relation to the hotel or how easy it is to get to. And then you have to call them and find out their math times. But this app takes care of all that. And it's just one of those little apps that does exactly what it's supposed to that you know actually makes my travel a lot easier. And that, that was cool. free as well, I think. And that's free as well. It is called the Catholic Directory. Excellent. What you got, Gaz? Um, well, <laughs> as I hinted to earlier, I just thought, I've got to say, my MacBook Air, my 11-inch MacBook Air, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It, it, the one it I mean, I, I kind of bought it because I, um, when I went on a few, quite a few business trips, uh, I tended to take the, uh, the white MacBook. And I tell you what, the white MacBook and we, the Dell that we used to have, we now yeah. have Lenovo's. Uh, work carrying two of those in in your backpack phew, my shoulders well I, I knew i had to work out when i come back from uh you know a week away um but the macbook air is just so light and so easy to use and certainly with full screen apps now in line um it's just a fabulous little machine now yes they are more expensive we all know that about apple stuff sure. but it it screams along. Um, I have got a fair. I've got one of the higher ones. It's a one point six, and it's got four gig, and it's got one hundred and twenty eight gigabyte of, of memory in there. So of hard drive, or not? It's not hard drive. Is it's it storage. SSD storage? Yeah. Um, but it it just flies, and we all use it, and it is just superb. And it hasn't disappeared into your daughter's room yet. No, no, that one doesn't. This one doesn't. It, it's, I, I have certainly identified it as mine. It's got a, it's got a big union jack on the front, and uh, yeah, it's definitely my particular. Well, I say mine, but I'm the one that yeah, it'll be coming up to the Liverpool uh, tweet up with me this uh, this coming weekend. And uh, you know, when you're on the train, when you're on a plane, perfect, absolutely perfect. But remember, 11 inch screen. That's the downside. You do need, you know, if you need bigger real estate, it can handle the bigger real estate on a bigger screen. But, uh, you know, uh, you need to hook it up to another monitor if you want uh, extra real, real estate. But for traveling, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, that's yeah. loads of money I've put in there. Loads of money. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to start guessing because, you know, it's different prices across, uh, uh, across the different types that you get and uh, across different currencies. So just go and check that out. Now, 
here we go for a um a, a, a slightly a, less expensive a slightly less expensive <laughs> just pick, a little yeah. bit um i i've had this for quite some time and i've not really used it and i've i've only just started to use it now when i first came over to the mac everybody said and everybody said you've got to use quicksilver yeah and i did and i never really got into quicksilver and it's the same with this app which is called alfred now it's alfredapp.com um, if you, you want to go over and check it out. And basically, it's how can I describe Alfred? It's a very easy way to access your files or even use it as a, uh, an application launcher if you want. Um, there is a key combination which uh, on my key- keyboard, you can set this to anything, but I use the standard Alt and Spacebar, which brings up basically... Well, it brings up a little screen which you can start typing in. Uh, and the thing with Alfred is it'll search your machine for, you know, um, items which match up to the letters that you're popping in. Or you can actually request it so it'll um, go out and do a search for you using Google or it'll go to the IMDB website. You can configure lots of different um, ways to use Alfred. Uh, now, it is free, um, but there is a power pack which comes, uh, actually, it's a Twelve pounds, um, which probably means it's around I don't know seventeen, eighteen dollars. Yeah, fifteen to twenty dollars. Yeah, there you go in the US, and that just gives you extra functionality. But download the free, um, uh, the free version, uh, and try it out. Um, I'm starting to use it more and more, and uh, yeah, great little app. Okay, I've got one for the Mac. It's called Rail Maze, but and I love the name of this place: Spooky House Studio. Is it killing zombies? No, you don't kill zombies. You you you, you take zombie trains. No, it's not <laughs> zombie trains. It's, can, it's, can I just can I stop you there, yeah. Thomas? Thomas, the reason I said that is, uh, a guy's got a well, I don't know. I think uh, he, he loves zombie killing apps. Yeah, Are zombies already dead. I mean, can you kill them? <laughs> well, okay, you stop you, them you kill them. Then. You kill them twice. <laughs> So it's not a zombie train. Uh, it's basically like a, a top-down screen, and you have to move the rails around to get the, the train to go from one side to the other. And it's a free app. However, it is what I would like to call annoyanceware, where after a, a number of screens, it'll come up and say, would you like to rate this app? You know, And if you say yes, then it takes you someplace and says, oh, and if you'd like to rate this app, maybe you'd like to, you know, buy this other part of it that gives you more screens and all this. So, you know, yeah, it is free and you can play it for free as long as you want, but it will annoy you until you, you buy something or, you know, click on sponsors or all the rest of it. Okay, but, but how, how much are the in-app purchases? Cause I'm, I'm looking on the, uh, in iTunes and it's got, um, an in-app purchase of 69 pence, which I presume is about 99 yeah, cents. 99 so. cents, dollar 99, I think so. So, like so have you actually paid that and got, no, I've really get... just started playing it. Uh, right. So I, just I was home, I was that. home from work today being ill and said, Oh, let me try this. And okay. So I, I just wonder whether that, I just wonder whether that would actually get rid of the annoyance, uh, part of it. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point otherwise? But yeah, please so let me give you money so you can still annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like if we charge for this podcast, guys. <laughs> what do you mean we don't? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't get squat. That's <laughs> terrible. Uh, and we have a people's pick. We do. We do from um, Andrew and Hall. Now, um, before we go on to Andrew, who very kindly sent in the people's pick, we are now, we've run out. 
So you've got to send them in for next week, folks. Yep. You've really got to send those people's picks in. Anyway, do you want to do you want to go through this one? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's an app for a burger chain here in the states called I was Five say, Guys. You, you tell everybody because it's no use to me whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Five Guys burgers are so so good. And I actually, where I used to live uh, when my wife and I first got married, the original five guys store was like right around the corner from us but they make the best burgers and have the best fries you know hand cut fries and the whole thing well they have this app that you know anywhere you are in the united states it'll tell you where the closest five guys is and they've pretty much gone national so it's it's a bit it's a bit like uh thomas's uh uh pick then yeah yeah except instead of you know saving your soul you get something with meat and cheese (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I've been to Five Guys, and I swear those fries just multiply and multiply and multiply. Oh, they're so good. Oh, don't get me started on Five Guys. I'll have to go out and get one after we get off the podcast here. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. I'm sorry. Gaz. So, yeah. We have a Facebook page. Well, yeah. Just to tell everybody, that was uh, thanks to uh, AndyZemo1 on Twitter or Andrew Hall. who said. Did I forget to say his name? Thanks very much. I don't know. I'm just... Double checking. Okay, well, yeah, that's probably a good thing. Yep. Yeah, you, thanks, you Andy. Can con- <laughs> you can contact me at um, gaz at mymat.com or on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. What, what, what about you, Tom? Oh, you can find me at uh, loveandcapes.com. My Twitter handle is at loveandcapes, and I got a Facebook page for loveandcapes. Um, I'm stunned. Anything with love and capes is going to be me. Yeah, (laughs) you type in loveandcapes, you're going to find Tom. Yep. And guy. Yeah. Can anybody find you anywhere on the internet at any time? God, yes, they can. It, and it's, it's amazing, this technology that, that we have available to us today. Uh, I can be reached through email at guy at mymac.com. And also on the Twitters, I can be reached at twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. <laughs> and if you would like to talk to our boss, Fearless Leader Tim, you can send a message to him, and I don't know where I'm going with that, by <laughs> contacting him through email at feedback at mymac.com. I am, I am really just losing it now. And yeah. Gaz, we well, have a Skype number that Eddie Spaghetti like, knows really well. Yeah. And except when I had him on the show. He didn't, he didn't know it so well then. <laughs> it's area code 703 501. That's 703-436-9501. Call us, collect, call us direct, but call us today. <laughs> so uh, that's, I think it's, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thank you all so very, very much for downloading. Tom, thanks so very, very much for being on. I, I hope you had a good time. Anytime. I had a great time. <laughs> okay. And uh, we are also trying to get some other people in the biz to, to come on and talk about the way that they do it. And uh, hopefully I'll have some announcements on that at some point in the future. Of course, you don't have to be a comic book artist to come on to the show. We, al- Along with the people's pick, we would love to have regular listeners come on as long as you're available on Tuesday nights around 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think that just about wraps it up. I think that does wrap it up. And I, I said it all in one breath. You did. That's amazing. It is amazing. I'm I'm it, I'm the quince, quintessential 
That's not even a word. Quintessential. quintessential. Yeah, quintessential is not a word, but quintessential is. <laughs> I have the quintessential pro, pro at oh, podcasting. Yeah, that was really professional that last time. Yeah, minutes. well, not so much. <laughs> so, again, thanks, everyone, for downloading, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at MyMac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the MyMac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts, all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson. There once was a young man of Trinity who found the square root of infinity. But infinite digits gave him infinite fidgets, so he dropped math and took up divinity.